one of the things that the traffickers do is they try to break your spirit. They do it, maybe you've been gang raped 30 times the first night and you're told that you're worthless and you're a piece of, it reminds, it rhymes with spit. Hi everybody, welcome back to another manopause.com podcast. Today, our special guest uh, again is Mitzi Perdue. Uh, if you didn't watch our first podcast with her, she is an heiress, a humble heiress, uh, an author, and right now she's a very powerful and involved advocate in the anti-human trafficking uh, community. And that's what we really want to talk uh, to everybody about today and have Mitzi enlighten us not only on the severity of the problem, but also what can be done uh, in addition to the work she's doing, how we as individuals can contribute either financially or with whatever skills we have. So uh, welcome, Mitzi. Well, it's a joy to be back. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how you got involved with this in the first place. We'll mention you have an organization, and we're going to put a little blurb down there, uh, called youletgroup.org, U-L-E-T, group.org and we'll put that down there um tell us how you got involved with this with this movement okay and i'm going to make a huge effort to recognize the fact that we're going to go to a very dark place but then we're going to come right out of it and and learn what we can do which is a lot uh, the dark place <sighs> human trafficking i i first became really aware of it after hearing a lecture that changed my mind it was maybe, I've lost count, maybe five years ago, but this speaker told his audience, and I, I was, you know, sitting in a chair, it was a beautiful tropical island, you could look out at the, I don't know, the, the yachts and the, the surf and everything, and this speaker just brought me back to something that changed my life. He showed pictures of little girls, I'm going to guess 10, 12 years old, who had just been rescued from being trafficked. And up until that point, the word human trafficking, it would just sort of glide by, it didn't mean anything. But when you see the faces of, of little girls and learn that they've had to have sex with strangers 10 or 12 times a night, seven days a week, 365 days a year, and that their life expectancy is seven years because what's gonna take them is an overdose or suicide or disease or if they're no longer attractive to the clients, they'll be murdered to have their organs harvested. Okay, once I heard that, wow. I thought this is the most evil thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. So I began reading up about it. You know, is this real? And I invite anybody who hasn't heard about human trafficking, there's endless information on, on the internet about it, or contact me. But here's what I learned. And the figures I'm going to give you, I, they're, they're several years old. They're the latest that seem to be available, but I bet it's three or four times that by now. Three or four years ago, it was a $150 billion a year industry. Uh, only drug trafficking brings in more money to illegal, uh, for, for illegal destinies of money. Drugs first. Human trafficking is second, and arms dealing is third. And there, there are 
we believe there are 40 million people who are being trafficked and human trafficking part of it is sex trafficking and by the way that tends to be with children and then part of it is labor trafficking and in that case it's you know it's somebody who who thinks this happens in the United States they think they're coming to this country for a wonderful job but instead no they're almost kept as prisoners and they're not paid and they're, they're, they've been terrified of the police and they, they just end up being contemporary slaves. 40 million people in slavery. Okay, that's the dark, dark part. Let's get to something more hopeful. Let's get to the part like at the end of Taken where Liam Neeson kills the bad guy. Let's get to that part. <laughs> okay, I have to tell you, I, I think I'm a sweet, mild-mannered little old lady. I'm 81 years old. Wow. Uh, I shouldn't be shrieking with joy watching all those bad guys killed. I guess I've got a side of me that is out of character. But I loved that movie. However, I know. However, it's it's... It's not typical because most of the people, let's stick with sex trafficking for the moment. Uh, I, at a guess, and it's a, an educated guess because I've, I've heard people who know a lot more than I do make this guess, that eh, it's way less than 5% of girls who get like kidnapped. Uh, it happens, but it's, it's not the general way. The general way is uh, somebody's kind of lured into it. Maybe she thinks she that this guy that she met on the internet who's so yeah. interested in her and who understands her problems with her parents uh, and they meet and then she gets taken. Uh, it's, it's rarely as violent as the movie Taken, but I do love that movie. <laughs> but, but okay, so what happens after a girl is rescued? Uh, the problem is, the horrible, terrible problem is and I, I have this from numerous sources, but my most recent source was an on-the-beat cop in Florida, in Miami. He said that he can rescue a girl and maybe even take her to a, a, a shelter. He said in his experience, now tell me if this isn't catastrophic, he said eight times out of ten he'll see that girl on the street again. Why would she go back? Brainwashed brainwashed mm -hmm. Stockholm syndrome kind of thing right well possibly even worse than Stockholm syndrome because one of the things that the traffickers do is they try to break your spirit they do it maybe you've been gang raped 30 times the first night and you're told that you're worthless and you're a piece of it reminds it rhymes with spit um, you I mean the the things that they do I don't think I can say on air but to break their spirit and make them think that they're absolutely worthless and, and they're told, oh, your parents don't care about you, nobody cares about you. Uh, they, if, if you've broken their spirit enough, sometimes it's hard, well, how about often it's hard for them to be healed enough to, to hold a job or even to apply for a job. And, so to my mind, the, the biggest thing is prevention. And by the way, there, uh, I, d I don't want to tar all rescue organizations with the same uh, brush because some are spectacularly successful at it. Uh, one that I particularly admire, it's called Annie Cannons. And 
Any canons, its its premise is that a certain percentage of girls who have been trafficked have have an aptitude for uh, computer programming. That's and, interesting. And after a year of training with Annie Cannon, they can be so good at coding that their their opening job is at like seventy thousand a year, and. They're in huge demand, particularly right now today, with the war in Ukraine going on. If you have a background in coding and cybersecurity, uh, I've, I've been told by, by people who are active in this, you're getting two hours sleep a night because you're spending all your time fending off these, uh, these cybersecurity attacks. So the, the good news is the ones who are good at it, the shelters that are good at it, have a fabulous uh, record. I mean, my impression is that with Annie Cannon, nobody goes back. Uh, and some of the shelters do have a wonderful record, but to my mind, the pain that people have gone through in being trafficked, I mean, imagine a girl raped once. Uh, there's a woman I'm fairly close to. She's actually in her 90s now. She was raped 50 years ago. It still haunts her, and that's one rape. Imagine that you've been raped daily, 10 times a day, 365 days a year for years. It's, people can oh, approach normalcy, but boy, is it a long, hard slog. So uh, what I want to do is prevention. So and so the, the, the thing with prevention though is, uh, it, it might be like a lot of things, uh, because as you say, the numbers seem to be rising. And, and the question is, is the, is the rise in numbers in any way related to the economic disparity uh, that's occurring around the world between the haves and the have-nots, meaning that there's more and more have-nots who are either desperate or abandoned or whatever. And so would one of the key elements of prevention be trying to get more wealth equity not only in the United States, but around the world. Uh, yes, but I, and I do have, I, I can share with you an organization that I think is trying to do something in, in that realm, but I don't think it's a, a one. Uh, one size fits all. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's utterly certain that the traffickers prey on the vulnerable. They want somebody who's, who's economically desperate, but that's not the only cause. I mean, a right. lot of cases of, of like 13 year old girls, maybe they've got a loving family, but they're having problems with their mother and they're having problems in school. And in one way or another, when this nice, kindly 16 year old, who's really probably 40 and is running a hundred other girls at the same time. But when he meets, when she meets him on the internet and he's just kind and loving, um, you know, she can get lured in. They, mm -hmm. I mean, that's, I've, I've read that a huge percentage of, women, of girls who end up trafficked, uh, that they met their trafficker on the internet. And so that's, so absolutely 100% certain the traffickers are going to go after the people who are economically desperate, but they go after everybody else who's mm -hmm. well, And in South well. America also, it's kidnapping. I mean, right. they, don't even, they don't even make the pretense of, hey, I want to be your friend. They just grab them and they're gone. Right. Uh, there, alas, I mean, it's 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 such a problem. There's so many like layers that get into this that 
but now landlords have some hope. Yeah. Uh, and it comes from from the financial institution, UBS. Uh, they have something called the Optimist Foundation, and the head of it, her her cause is human trafficking, and UBS. I the the last I checked, they had seven hundred and fifty billionaire clients. A lot of these clients want to do something to make the world a better place. So this thing is funded. What that the premise of what they want to do is in Bangladesh. They would like to eliminate human trafficking in one country, and a lot of a lot of countries wanted UBS help, but Bangladesh won out because. Uh, at, at all levels of government and many non-governmental organizations, they all agreed that they'd work as hard as they could to, to do the following. What if in one country we could use everything we know about prevention, and income inequality certainly is going to play a role in that, but there, I don't know if you know this, but in, in many universities throughout the world, there are people who are actually studying human trafficking. And there are all sorts of ways of going about it, whether it's education or or helping people get jobs or or you know very very important teaching kids just from a young age. Uh, if somebody's making you this offer of a modeling job and it seems too good to be true, it probably is too good to be right. true. But right. the premise of, of what UBS is doing is taking all the knowledge we have, all the experience that we have all the academic studies, everything that we possibly know and bring it to bear in one country, a country that's cooperating and, and wants to be the country where this is solved. Uh, you put five or six years of effort into this using, I, I'm kind of making this up, but it seems like a hundred different ways of attacking, attacking the problem. And then they'll have academics who will study what worked and what didn't work. And uh, they're prepared to be surprised because sometimes, well, like one thing that I'm very excited about is is there's there's a company. It's called Lights of Love, and I may have the name slightly wrong, but anyway, the premise is that if you can achieve, um, they have this thing. It's the size of a brick, and it costs ten dollars if you're buying it in a huge quantity. And it's a, it's a solar light. During the day, it collects light energy. At night, uh, it, it can light the home of somebody who, who maybe their income is like a dollar a day. But if suddenly they're not spending money on kerosene for lighting, they can spend it uh, maybe you know, in one way or another earning money or getting an education. In any, but this, uh, this lights of love, I'm so embarrassed I can't think of the exact name of it, but maybe maybe something like that can make a dent. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm expecting that we're going to learn some really innovative, clever ways of attacking the problem, and then the, and then the basics are certainly going to count. But the idea is if we could learn how to do it in one country, then that's a template for doing it for the rest of the world. And I don't know what the answer is right now, but I'm sure prepared myself to contribute everything that mm -hmm. I can to trying to eliminate trafficking. You Bye. just got back. I'm, so, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you just got back from Ukraine on an anti-trafficking mission. Can you tell us about that? 
Oh, that would be my joy. And as a matter of fact, if somebody who wants to do something to help Ukraine, um, write to Ulet, no, yeah, Ulet group. group org, and I think you're going to have it in the show notes. Right. Mm -hmm. But but here's here's the exciting thing. I got invited to Ukraine by the chief of police, General Nebitov, of the Kiev region. Uh, he employs 6,000 people, so it's a big deal. He had heard of me because I'd written a story about human trafficking in Ukraine. He invited me to come see myself for myself, and here's what I learned. I spent time on the border between Ukraine and Poland, and here's what I saw, that Crossing that border, I don't know the numbers, but I could guess that it might even be a hundred a day of women, well, there, there are tens of thousands who are crossing the border, but at the border, the traffickers operate in teams, and on the Ukraine side, they're gonna be spotters. On the Polish side, or Belarus, or any of the other countries, any of the other border countries, they're going to be the actual traffickers who are going to lure the women into being trafficked. And here's how it works. The spotter will have a lot of skill in, in recognizing that a woman is just so tired, so exhausted, so just kind of out of it. Maybe she's been walking for five days to get to this border. Maybe she hasn't had a meal in the longest time. Maybe she's got like a little seven-year-old girl that she's dragging along with her and she has no possessions and no money and she's desperate and she has what one friend of mine describes as the thousand-yard stare. She's just out of it. All right, the spotter trafficker is going to take his cell phone and he's going to make it look as if he's taking a selfie of himself, but actually he's got the cell phone high enough up so that he's taking her picture puts the cell phone down, calls the trafficker on the other side and says, hey, we got a live one. Look at this girl in the orange blouse and the blonde hair with the little girl. She's perfect for you. So when, when the girl gets to the other side and she thinks, or young woman probably, and she thinks she's safe, there's this kindly man who comes up to her and says, oh, uh, you could use a hot meal, right? Uh, the bus to the to the center is leaving in ten minutes. Uh, we'll get you a, a place to you know a shelter where you can get a hot meal and your daughter will be safe and you can spend the night there. Well, the woman, you know, she's so desperate and so out of it, and the traffickers put the time pressure on her. The bus is leaving in ten minutes. She gets on the bus and probably is never heard of again. And that night. Uh, I'm told that one of the things that they do there is that they'll rape her 30 times so that she's just, her soul is gone. She's just completely broken. Okay, that's the dark part. What the, what the head of the Ukrainian police is enthusiastic about is, what if we could do the following? And I've already been raising money for this. Uh, for somewhere around like, Fifty to a hundred thousand dollars, you can rehab an empty building in the area. You can make it a twenty-bed building. You can have it a place where one of those girls that the spotter sees. Well, the 
and the, the people on our side, the police can see it too, that this girl's desperate. He takes her, as a, a person who's gonna prevent the trafficking, takes this girl aside and said, look, I can tell you that you're really tired and exhausted. There's some bad guys on the other side. Come with us uh, and for 24 hours, uh, just hit pause, uh, have a good meal, uh, talk with some counselors, talk with uh, what, what your options are. And if, if you could hit a pause in each of the, uh, the border crossing areas, and I don't know how many there are, but let's say there are 20, which is probably a good guess. I don't think there are 2,000 and I don't think there are three. But if you could save 20 girls each night in all the border crossings, mm. an awful lot of women would not be trafficked. And I'm going to take the word of General Nebitoff that this is something that could really help. Well, with the, the nonprofit that I've set up, it's called, it, the initials are for Ukrainian Law Enforcement Training Group. So you let group.org. You, you can make a $10 contribution, a $5 contribution, but if there are loads and loads of them, uh, we can rehab more and more of these buildings and more and more girls will not be trafficked. And yeah. I'm, I'm almost more interested in loads of small contributions than I am in a great big one. Sure, sure. Because let me tell you what's gonna happen with, with it. You can make your donation anonymous if you like, or make up a name, or have your real name. But I want to go, when I return to Ukraine and I've been invited to come back, I'd like to go with a list of a thousand names of people who've given money towards this. Well, we're going to help you. Well, Guess I, I, what? I've heard from my contact at the uh, at the Kiev police that they're going to make a big deal of this. They're going to have it yeah. you know, like press releases from throughout Ukraine that that there are Americans who really care about Kiev women and, and want to help. Well, and there so is there is something positive to add to this. I, a, a scary, sad um story about the human trafficking but we have a section of our website called mana cause and we will publish your charity on our site and help promote it for you so our listeners um will hopefully give and give and give and like you said those ten dollar donations do add up and well, I'm it's sure like a hundred, but but I want to be. No, of course, of course. But those ten dollars, I mean, just to give ten dollars is is something, and just to give, like Larry wrote a column, uh, give till it hurts, because um, once you give, it doesn't hurt, right? It makes you feel good, and so we we will promote it for you, and that's kind of what you know our 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 mission in life is is to help you know, to help people like yourself promote their organizations on Manicause. So it's it's a really big part of what and who we are as as two guys, you know, running a, a website called manipause.com. But it's not just about, you know, having fun and, and exploring what men go through in life when they hit 50 and above. Um, but it also is about, you know, just the human side of what people are experiencing. So Thank you so much for sharing your story. This is um, eye-opening. I mean, I knew about this, and Larry and I both have daughters and granddaughters, and and you know, it, it's it's scary for them, 
Um, and well, we and the, yeah, and the other part of it is, as Mike was saying, is a lot of people, including us, uh, in the beginning, you you see a problem. It's like, well, I don't know how to help. Right. What do we right? do? And, and because especially in a problem that's so pervasive. But here's a way to start, you know, and, 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 you know, Mike started a group of us that goes to Uganda to help uh, AIDS orphans. And we do small things like, you know, we raise money to build houses for the family. We buy them mattresses that they've never seen before and pillows and, you know, do things. And, and I, I sponsor four kids. I think Mike sponsors four kids right now for their entire schooling. And it's, oh. it's dirt cheap, right? Uh, but it, it, you know, it, it, a lot of people joke, it's like peeing in the ocean, trying to make a difference, but if everybody pees in the ocean, it will make a difference. Right. So, so that's going to be our goal now is for people who are like, this is horrible. What can I do? Well, start with you That's a good way to start. And as you get more involved, you'll find other outlets, or if you follow Mitzi, you know, you'll hear more information about how you can make a difference. No matter how small it is, if we all work together on this, it can become actually a tsunami of of giving and change, and that's hopefully what we can we can communicate to our audience. Well, on the website, we're going to show the progress of the rehabbed buildings and awesome. maybe some photographs, but they'll they'll have to be slightly disguised of of women who've who've benefited. Yeah, but but nice. most of all, I want to show the police who are just, oh, you know, law enforcement is is one of the biggest bulwarks against human trafficking and you know the people who are the the police that i know who are who are fighting this oh, you can't believe how much their hearts are in this yeah so anything that we can do to prevent the suffering that's why well what it's it's uh, you let.org everybody and you will no, see it's, it's you let group group.org and you're going to see that, that right. on the bottom and uh um you know we'll have a link to it as well and go check it out. And, uh, you know, Mitzi, thank you so much for not only being our guest today, but for everything that you're doing. Um, you know, you're a menopause girl for sure. And, uh, <laughs> and, and that's and the first time we've ever given that out. That's Mary. right. That's, that's right. right. <laughs> oh, oh, then can I, can I share something funny that happened? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, there? please. After okay, all I was of traveling this. with a group of uh, retired military people. There were at different times, there would be three, five, eight people. And if you've been in the military, you probably know how to, how to put this, how to swear. But I could tell that they were trying to clean up their language with me, with me around. And that it was, um, you know, it was just awkward because I felt that, uh, I felt that I got along with the group great. I felt we loved each other, but there was this curse word stuff problem. So I told them, yeah, you know, when, when they were in the middle of trying to clean up their language, I said, hey guys, don't bother because this is 2022, a time of gender fluid. And I declare myself as a man today. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. That's great. So it, was, it was just so cool from there. Yeah. yeah. This has been great. And, and hopefully we can have you back. Uh, especially uh, after you go back to Ukraine, we want we obviously want an update, and um, and then also we'll check in and see how your your book Relentless is doing. Uh, but thank you so much for doing this. We know your time is precious, and we really appreciate you uh, coming on with us. Well, you invited me back. I'd like nothing better. Thank you. Oh, for great. Time. 
All right, great. Thanks, Mitzi. Thanks. Thanks, Mitzi. Take care. Okay.